so we're gonna go over somatic symptom and related disorders just getting right into it i really should think of an introduction to this but i'm acting as if i'm just talking to myself and that's the best part okay so somatic bodily symptoms cause significant stress or impairment that's what a somatic symptom disorder is they have to have at least one somatic symptom which may or may not be linked to an underlying medical condition which is accompanied by disproportionate concerns about its seriousness devotion of an excessive amount of time and energy to it or elevated levels of anxiety so there's illness anxiety disorder which is characterized by being consumed with thoughts about having or developing a serious medical condition individuals with this disorder are quick to become alarmed about their health and excessively check themselves for signs of illness or avoid medical appointments altogether um, most patients classified under hypochondriasis mouse and either a somatic symptom disorder um, or illness anxiety disorder if they don't have symptoms conversion disorder also known as functional Neurological symptom disorder is characterized by symptoms affecting voluntary motor or sensory functions that are incompatible with the patient's neurophysiological condition. The symptoms generally begin soon after the individual experiences high levels of stress or a traumatic event, but may not develop until some time has passed after the initiating experience. So examples include paralysis, blindness, without evidence of neurological damage. Um, they may be surprisingly unconcerned, which is called label indifference. I don't know how to say that. Um, conversion disorder was historically called hysteria. Um, the symptoms seen may sometimes be connected with the inciting event in a literal or poetic way. And yeah, then we go into personality disorders. So personality disorder, yeah. personality disorder is a pattern of behavioral that is inflexible and maladaptive, causing distress or impaired functioning in at least two of the following. So cognition, emotions, interpersonal functioning, or impulse control. Personality disorders are considered egocentric, meaning that the individual perceives her behavior as correct, normal, or in harmony with her goals. This is in contrast to the other disorders covered in this chapter that are egodystonic, meaning that the individual sees the illness as something thrust upon her that is intrusive and bothersome. In addition to general personality disorder, which fits the diagnostic criteria described above, there are 10 personality disorders grouped into three clusters. Cluster A is paranoid, schizotypal, and schizoid. Cluster B is antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic. And cluster C is avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive. So, yeah. Cluster A, personality disorders are all marked by behavior that is labeled as odd or eccentric. So, paranoid personality disorder is marked by a pervasive distrust of others and suspicion regarding their motives. So, they might actually be in the prodromal phase of schizophrenia and are termed pre-morbid. Schizotypal personality disorder refers to a pattern, pattern of odd or eccentric thinking. They may have ideas of reference, similar to delusions of reference, but not as extreme, as well as magical thinking and superstitiousness or belief in clairvoyance. Then there's schizoid personality disorder, which is a pervasive pattern of detachment from social relationships and a restricted range of emotional expression. People with this disorder show little desire for social interactions, have few or no close friends, and have poor social skills. It should be noted that these are not the same as schizophrenia. Um, and then there's cluster B. So they are all marked by behavior that is labeled as dramatic, emotional, or erratic. Um, antisocial personality disorder is three times more common in males than females. Um, there is a pattern of disregard for and violations of the rights of others. There's see this through repeated illegal acts, deceitfulness, aggressiveness, or a lack of remorse for said actions. Um, a lot of serial killers and career criminals who show no guilt have this, and they combine they comprise about twenty to forty percent of the prison population. Then there's Borderline personality disorder, which is two times more common in females than males. Um, there's pervasive instability in interpersonal behavior, mood, and self-image. 
Um, these interpersonal relationships are intense and unstable. There can be identity disturbance with uncertainty about self-image, sexual identity, long-term goals or values. There is fear of abandonment. They might use splitting as a defense mechanism, so they view others as either all good or all bad, like angel versus devil. And then a lot of people who have this use suicide attempts and self-mutilation, cutting or burning. Then there's histrionic personality disorder, which is characterized by constant attention-seeking behavior. They wear colorful clothing, are dramatic, are exceptionally extroverted, and they use seductive behavior to gain attention. Then there's narcissistic personality disorder, where the person has a grandiose sense of self-importance or uniqueness, preoccupation with fantasies of success, a need for constant admiration and attention, and characteristic disturbances in interpersonal relationships, such as feelings of entitlement. Um, they like themselves too much, and they actually, in this kind of disorder, they have very fragile self-esteem and are constantly concerned with how others view them. So it's not really how that's used in everyday language. So there can be feelings of rage, inferiority, shame, humiliation, or emptiness when they're not viewed favorably by others. And then we've got cluster C. So these are all marked by behavior that is labeled as anxious or fearful. Um, in avoidant personality disorder, the affected individual has extreme shyness and fear of rejection. They will see themselves as socially inept and socially isolated, despite an intense desire for social affection and acceptance. They tend to stay in the same jobs, life situations, and relationships despite wanting to change. Dependent personality disorder is characterized by a continuous need for reassurance. Um, they tend to remain dependent on one specific person, take actions, and make decisions. And then obsessive-compulsive personality disorder is different. Then OCD, the individual is perfectionistic and inflexible, tending to like rules and order. They may include an inability to discard worn-out objects, lack of desire to change, excessive stubbornness, lack of a sense of humor, and maintenance of careful routines. Um, OCD has obsessions and compulsions that are focal and acquired. OCPD is lifelong, and OCD is egodystonic, and OCPD is egosyntonic. So that was that. Um, we're going to go into the biological basis of these. So. Let's look at schizophrenia first. Um, it's still an area of active research. Most of the potential causes are genetic, but trauma at birth, especially hypoxemia, which is low oxygen concentrations in the blood, is considered to be a risk factor. Um, exposures can also play a role, like excessive marijuana use. Um, in adolescence is associated with increased risk, and then it can be partially inherited. Um, and it may be associated with structural changes in the brain, but more research is needed to determine the significance of prevalence within the affected population. It's highly associated with an excess of dopamine in the brain. Many medications, um, such as neuroleptics, neuroleptics block dopamine receptors. So neuroleptic means that these medications depress nerve function, and they're also known as antipsychotics. Um, then we have depressive and bipolar disorders. So there's a lot of markers with this. They either have... Uh, they can have abnormally high glucose metabolism in the amygdala, hippocampal atrophy after a long duration of illness, abnormally high levels of glucocorticoids like cortisol, decreased norepinephrine, serotonin, and dopamine, monoamine theory of depression, and both these neurotransmitters and their metabolites are decreased in depressed patients, meaning that their actual production is decreased, so then rather than production staying the same, their degradation increasing. Um, for bipolar disorders, there are different biological factors in genetic corollaries. So there's increased norepinephrine and serotonin, the monoamine theory. Um, there's higher risk if the parent has bipolar disorder and higher risk if the person has multiple sclerosis. Um, then we can go into Alzheimer's disease. So it's type of dementia characterized by gradual memory loss, disorientation to time and place, problems with abstract thought, and a tendency to misplace things. 
Later stages are associated with changes in mood or behavior, changes in personality, difficulty with procedural memory, poor judgment, and loss of initiative. Um, so each of these doesn't necessarily point to Alzheimer's, but when all of them are seen in one person um, and they inhibit daily function, this is Alzheimer's. So the disease is most common in patients older than 65, and women are greater at risk, and family history is really significant risk factor. Um, and there's actually lower risk of developing it with higher levels of education, which is interesting. There is a genetic component, so mutations in the presenilin, presenilin genes on chromosomes 1 and 14 contribute to having it. And mutations in the apolipoprotein E gene on chromosome 19 can also alter the likelihood of acquiring the disease. And then there's the beta amyloid precursor protein gene on chromosome 21, which is known to contribute to it. Explaining the much higher risk of Alzheimer's in individuals with Down syndrome. Um, there's also many biological markers found in patients with it, so diffuse atrophy of the brain on the CT or MRI, flattened sulci in the cerebral cortex, enlarged cerebral ventricles, deficient blood flow in parietal lobes, which is correlated with cognitive decline, reduction in levels of acetylcholine, reduction in choline acetyltransferase, the enzyme that produces acetylcholine, reduced metabolism in temporal and parietal lobes, senile plaques of beta amyloid, which is a misfolded protein in the beta pleated sheet form, and neurofibrillary tangles of hyperphosphatated tau protein. Which aren't really important to know, but just to list them. Then we have Parkinson's, which is characterized by bradykinesia, which is slowness in movement, resting tremor, a tremor that appears when muscles are not being used, and pill rolling tremor, flexing and extending the fingers while moving the thumb back and forth as if rolling something in the fingers. Mask-like mask facies, static and expressionless facial features, staring eyes and a partially open mouth. Cogwheel rigidity, muscle tension that intermittently halts movement as an, exam as an examiner attempts to manipulate a limb and a shuffling gait with stooped posture. So um, there's also depression and dementia common with it. And the biological basis of this is decreased dopamine production in the substantia nigra, which is a layer of the cells in the brain that functions to produce dopamine to permit proper functioning of the basal ganglia. And basal ganglia are critical for initiating and terminating movements and sustaining repetitive motor tasks and smoothening motions. So the symptoms of Parkinson's disease flow logically from its underlying cause. Um, it can be partially managed with L-DOPA, a precursor that is converted to dopamine once in the brain, replacing that which is lost due to Parkinson's. There have also been attempts to regenerate dopaminergic neurons in the substantia nigra using stem cells. And, yeah. So we'll go through our concept summary now. It's a pretty heavy concept summary. Um, so... Starting with how we understand psychological disorders, there are the, the biomedical approach, which takes into account only the physical and medical causes of a psychological disorder, so treatments are of a biomedical nature. There's the biopsychosocial approach, which considers the relative contributions of biological, psychological, and social components to an individual's disorder, and treatments fall into these three areas. Then there's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, published in May 2013, current version DSM-5. It categorizes mental disorders based on symptom patterns alone. And then psychological disorders are very common in the population, especially anxiety, depressive, and substance use disorders. So let's get into the types of psychological disorders. Um, there's schizophrenia. It's the prototypical disorder with psychosis as a feature. It contains positive and negative symptoms. Positive symptoms as a behavior, cognition, or affect, and include delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, and disorganized behavior. Negative symptoms are the loss of something from behavior, cognition, or affect, and include disturbance of affect and abolition. Depressive disorders include major depressive disorder, dysthymia, 
and seasonal affective disorder, major depressive disorder contains at least one major depressive episode. Persistent depressive disorder or dysthymia is the presence of depressive dis- symptoms for at least two years that do not meet criteria for major depressive disorder. <laughs> There's bipolar and related disorders that have manic or hypomanic episodes. So bipolar 1 contains at least one manic episode and bipolar 2 contains at least one major depressive episode and at least one hypomanic episode. And then there's cyclothymic disorder, which is periods of manic and depressive symptoms that are not severe enough to be labeled an episode, but they must persist for at least two years and be present the majority of that time. <laughs> then we've got anxiety disorders, which capture conditions in which excessive fear or anxiety impairs one's daily functions. Anxiety disorders are differentiated by the stimuli that induces anxiety. <laughs> specific phobias are irrational fears of specific objects or situations. Separation anxiety disorder is the anxiety due to separation from one's caregivers, often with the ideation that if separated, either the caregiver or the patient will be harmed. Social anxiety disorder is anxiety due to social or performance situations with the ideation that the patient will be negatively evaluated. Selective mutism disorder is the impairment of speech in situations where speaking is expected. Panic disorder is marked by recurrent panic attacks, intense overwhelming fear, and sympathetic nervous system activity with no clear stimulus. It may lead to agoraphobia, which is a fear of places or situations where it is hard for an individual to escape. And then generalized anxiety disorder, which is a disproportionate and persistent worry about many different things for at least six months. Um, There's obsessive compulsive disorder and related disorders, which are characterized by perceived needs, obsessions, or preoccupations, and paired actions to meet these needs, which are compulsions. So obsessive compulsive disorder is characterized by obsessions and compulsions, um, which are repetitive tasks that relieve tension but cause significant impairment in a person's life. Um, And then body dysmorphic disorder is characterized by an unrealistic negative evaluation of one's appearance or specific body part. The individual often takes extreme measures to correct this perceived imperfection. Hoarding disorder is characterized by the reluctance of giving up one's physical possessions. This behavior is associated with excessive acquisition of physical items. The post-traumatic stress disorder is characterized by intrusive intrusion symptoms, reliving the event, flashbacks, nightmares, avoidance symptoms, avoidance of people, places, objects associated with the trauma. Negative cognitive symptoms, amnesia, negative mood, emotions, and arousal symptoms, increased startle response, irritability, anxiety, which all can be explained from the behaviorist perspective. I am so sorry for my allergies. They are so bad. Um, then there is dissociative disorders, which include dissociative amnesia, dissociative identity disorder, and depersonalization or derealization disorder. So dissociative amnesia is an inability to recall past experience without an underlying neurological disorder. In severe forms, it may involve dissociative fugue, a sudden change in location that may involve the assumption of new identity. Dissociative identity disorder is the occurrence of two or more personalities that take control of a person's behavior. And depersonalization or derealization disorder involves feelings of detachment from the mind and body or from the environment. And then there's somatic symptom and related disorders, which involve significant bodily symptoms. Somatic symptom disorder involves at least one somatic symptom, which may or may not be linked to an underlying medical condition that causes disproportionate concern. There's illness anxiety disorder, which is a preoccupation with thoughts about having or coming down with a serious medical condition. There's conversion disorder, which involves unexplained symptoms affecting motor or sensory function and is associated with prior trauma. There's personality disorders, which are patterns of inflexible maladaptive behavior that cause stress, distress, or impaired functioning in at least two of the following. Um, cognition, emotions, interpersonal functioning, or impulse control, and they occur in three clusters. So A, odd eccentric, B, dramatic, emotional, erratic, and C, anxious, fearful. Cluster A includes paranoid, schizotypal, and schizoid PDs. So paranoid involves a pervasive distrust and suspicion of others. Schizotypal involves ideas of a reference, ideas of reference, magical thinking, and eccentricity. And schizoid involves detachment from social relationships and limited emotion. 
cluster B includes antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic PDs. So antisocial involves a disregard for the rights of others. Borderline involves instability in relationships, mood, and self-image. Splitting is characteristic as are recurrent suicide attempts. Histrionic PD involves constant attention-seeking behavior. Narcissistic PD involves a grandiose sense of self-importance and need for admiration. And then cluster C includes avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive PD. So avoidant involves extreme shyness and fear of rejection. Dependent involves a continuous need for reassurance. And obsessive-compulsive PD involves perfectionism, inflexibility, and preoccupation with rules. <laughs> then we have the biological basis of all of this. So schizophrenia may be associated with genetic factors, birth trauma, adolescent marijuana use, and family history. There are high levels of dopaminergic transmission. Depression is accompanied by high levels of glucocorticoids and low levels of norepinephrine, serotonin, and dopamine. Bipolar disorders are accompanied by high levels of norepinephrine and serotonin, and they're also highly heritable. Alzheimer's disease is associated with genetic factors, brain atrophy, decreases in acetylcholine, senile plaques of beta amyloid, and neuroblurry tangles of hyperphosphorylated tau protein. And then Parkinson's disease is associated with bradykinesia, resting tremor, pill rolling tremor, mask-like facies, cogwheel rigidity, and a shuffling gait. There is decreased production of dopamine by cells in the substantia nigra in Parkinson's. And with that, my lovely people, we're going to end this one here. And I'll catch you when we talk about social processes, attitudes, and behaviors. So hopefully a lighter one. See you there.